Now, as you know, we are in the book of Mark, this beautiful gospel we have written by John Mark, and all these accounts given to him and related to him, mostly by Peter and the other apostles. We shared over the past few weeks and months already, um, we looked at the wonderful things God can do. We saw that Jesus is the one that says, listen, don't be afraid. There's no storm you'll face that will be too big for me. There's nothing inside or outside that I cannot tame, that I cannot deal with. And over and over he says, listen, don't be afraid, just believe. Amen? Now here in Mark chapter 6, we see, I almost want to say Jesus taking it into yet another gear in terms of showing those around him that he truly is who he says he is. Now this morning, that's the only thing I want to leave with you. We will be reminded throughout this morning and this sermon, you will be reminded that we are who we are. But I pray that you will walk out here this morning reminded that he is who he says he is. Now if you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Mark chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 30. Now after what I ministered to you out of the book of Mark chapter 5, we see that there was actually an, a, a section just after this, Jesus spoke about this faith, don't be afraid and all of this. And then in his hometown, they actually doubted Jesus. Actually, so who, who is this that does all these things? Isn't it, isn't it Jesus that actually grew up here amongst us? And uh, Jesus had to deal with, and I almost want to say, an extraordinary portion of unbelief. And right after that, Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, and he actually said to them, he said, listen, but you guys that know, you know who I am. You've seen what you've seen. Now go and, and drive out demons and heal the sick. And Jesus sent them out, and they, they went and they ministered, and they came back. And they came back with a lot of testimonies and a lot of victories and a lot of things that they've seen, but they came back pretty tired. And this is where verse 30 kicks off right after this. In the middle of all of that, you get the story of John the Baptist being beheaded. So think about it. Jesus having to deal with extraordinary unbelief, sending his disciples out in that situation, but saying, listen, you know who you are. Then one of Jesus' closest friends, family, John the Baptist, being beheaded in that time, it wasn't the best of times. It was wonderful, but it was wonderfully challenging. It was godly, but it was also a battle. Now it's here that verse 30 kicks off and says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Would you say that with me? They did not even have what? Did not even have a chance to eat. You must be pretty busy. Yes? You must be pretty busy, especially ministry-wise. You don't even have a chance to eat. But this actually happened a lot to Jesus. They didn't have a chance to eat and he said to them, now, more often than not, you get the disciples asking Jesus, listen, can't we just take a lunch break? You don't often get Jesus saying to them, listen, I see you didn't even have a chance to eat. Let me just take you to one side a little bit. Listen to this. 
So he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Verse 33, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. People were following Jesus to such an extent that they were running on beside the Sea of Galilee and they actually beat Jesus with the boat to where he was going. Is that what you read as well? That's what I'm reading here. So when Jesus landed he, uh, and saw a large crowd and ha he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day so that his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it is already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke, broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. So here we find Jesus and his disciples after a challenging time, a wonderful time of ministry coming back, having testimony, sharing with one another. And I want you to put yourself just there amongst them. Peter saying, you can't believe it. This guy came up to me. And you know, remember when Jesus did that thing with a boy that was on the ground? That happened with me. And there's a demon that just went out. Can't believe. John said, that's nothing. You should have seen what happened to us. It was somebody sick and, you know, we prayed and they got healed and so on. And they were just, you know, chatting around and, and, and just speaking. And, and people came in and, and listened to these testimonies and they started ministering and they were on a high and they didn't eat and they were tired, but they ministered and they were so, so joyful, but they were tired. And Jesus said, okay, wait, I see you. You didn't have time to eat. Just come with me. Just come with me. And Jesus said, listen, let, let's, just, let's just go away a little bit. Let's just go away from the crowd. Jesus said to them, for what? So that you could rest. So Jesus spoke to them and said, listen, okay, this is now time to rest. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm glad you're so excited. But let's go somewhere and, and let's get in the boat. And we, we just go somewhere where, where there's no crowd so that I can just get you guys to rest a little bit. But people saw him. They saw them going over and said, wait a minute, there's his boat. We know their boat. I think that's Peter's boat. Is that Peter's boat? That's Peter's boat. That's Peter's boat. That's Peter's boat. That's Peter's boat. Do you see it's Peter's boat? It's Peter's boat. It's just So people ran and they were there before Jesus waiting. Wait, where is he going? No, no, they're going even further. They're going further. They're going further. They're going further. Hey guys, they're going further. And everybody was running. 
And when Jesus arrived where they wanted to rest, they found a lot of things, but not a time to rest. When they arrived there, all that they had, all that they had to rest was the time on the boat. I, didn't, I don't know what they dealt with on the water, but they definitely did not find any rest on the other side. Scripture is clear about that. The moment they arrived there, Jesus saw the large crowd. Now, there must have been about 7,000, 8,000 more people because there were 5,000 just men. Yes? Imagine this. Jesus saying, listen, my guys need a bit of rest. And he arrived there wanting to give them a time of rest and they crowded again. So we found this in Mark 4, 5, 6, yeah, over and over again. But yes, Jesus, because when this happens to us, we go, would you just leave me alone? Yes? Oh, come on, don't pretend as if you don't know that. I, I can hear mom saying, I am in the bathroom. Just leave, just five minutes. Yeah, dads, I know you know that that smallest room in your house is a place of solitude for mom. It's about the only place you can escape every now and again, especially if you've got small kids, right? Jesus arriving with his disciples wanting to rest a little bit, but they're there again asking, would you heal? Would you restore? Would you help? Now they know the disciples are pretty nifty themselves as well. Jesus laid hands on them, so he even more wanted to be ministered to. Yes? But what happened to Jesus? Jesus looked at them. Scripture said, and he had compassion on them. You know that the original text there talks about the stomach. He felt their need in his innermost being. Scripture describes it this way said, when Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them. There was a deep sense of compassion in Jesus about the crowd. They were about to rest, but that can wait. Jesus had compassion on them because when he looked at them, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. People with nowhere else to go. They couldn't even feed themselves with what really matters. They had need. And no way to fill that need. That doesn't sound familiar. If we look around us, very often I find myself looking and seeing how people are walking around like sheep without a shepherd, holding on to any bit of false hope they can find, clawing onto anything and everything that comes along. Jesus had compassion on them. See, first and foremost, in this passage about Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish, we've got to realize that you're dealing with a Christ that cares. Fellow brother and sister in need, hear me say this. Jesus cares. He cares about you. He cares about your situation. He cares when you don't know what to do. He cares about that. He saw thousands of shepherdless sheep. And listen to what he did. He started, he began teaching them many things. 
Now, we don't know. We don't have an account of what it is that all of it that he taught them. Now, this account is given to us in Matthew and Luke and in John chapter 6 as well. But over and over again, it is pointed out and it points to the fact that Jesus cared deeply. We actually see nine times in the New Testament we read that Jesus had this deep compassion with people. Sometimes it was when he saw somebody ill, sometimes because of the effects of sin, but Jesus had deep compassion, merciful compassion, not only towards the 5,000, but I wanna, I wanna share this with you this morning. And then I wanna step to the next point that Jesus has compassion with you. Please remember this as we go on. But it's one thing to know that Jesus cares. But you also have to know what led to this. Jesus saying, don't be afraid. Why? Believe, because I'm here. I'm in the boat. I'm here with you when there's a turmoil inside. I'm here. See what I am capable of doing. Not only does Jesus care, because there's a lot of people who care. How many times do you ask people, how are you going? They say, oh, you know, would you, would you listen if I complain? Well, they say, I've got a lot to complain about, but you won't be able to do anything about it. Now, that's a very real truth. But I want to remind you, secondly, that not only does Jesus know and care about you, but he can definitely do something about it. Jesus is the one and the only one who truly can. Jesus asked them, he said to them, listen, give them something to eat. Because here the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, shouldn't we send these people away? It's late already. Let them go buy something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. Now, please listen to these words. He says, you give them something. He did not say, listen, okay, don't worry. I'm going to do a miracle now. You'll see. You've got to follow with me. We've got to take the word the way the word is, right? He says, you give them something to eat. And then the typical response, I know we don't do it nowadays. If God tells us something, we just do it immediately. We don't care what it costs. But back then, what happened was, they said, Lord, this is going to cost half a year's of wages. If you want to give these guys just a little to eat, just a piece of bread, all of them, it's going to cost us half a year's wages. There's about 8,000 people here. 5,000 families. How are we going to do that? Literally, they said it would take eight months of a man's wages. Should we go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Now, please, please look at me. Listen to Jesus' next response. How much or how many do you have? How many do you have? Lord, it's going to take half a year's wages to feed all these people and just give them a little bit. How are we going to feed them? Jesus did not say, go and get some bread or here, I'll multiply the money. There you go. No, he said, how many do you have? They started complaining before they knew if they had anything. That's just the simple truth. But they knew the people were hungry. Now, how many did they have? What does Scripture say? Five loaves? Yeah? 
Five loaves and two fishes. How many people? Well, let's make it easy. How many men? That we know literally. 5,000 men. Would you just give me that bread, please? Just there. See, sometimes we read the Bible and, and, and we, we read over it. And we think, okay, yeah, Jesus, you know, multiplied the bread. That's wonderful. So, so 5,000. The children are with us this morning, right? It's communion Sunday. So the children are on the service. How, how many... How many pieces of bread? How many buns do I have here? Anybody? Six. Okay, sorry, sorry. Wrong sermon. That's the way you buy this. No, no, no. It's for one of them. <laughs> You're welcome. Kids, sorry. She was too quick. All right, so, you happy? Five. Some of you say, wait a minute, it says five loads. Go read in John chapter six, it says, they found a boy with five small barley loaves of bread. And then go Google what a little barley loaf looks like. And then you'll see mine is pretty decent. (laughs) Five barley loaves. Let let me ask you this. How many people do you think we have here this morning? Yeah? Guess? Definitely no more than 300, I would say. Just from my side. I, I would say 300. Do you think we'll do well with five buns? Kids, the the grown-ups are struggling. Do you, do you think this is enough for all of us? No. It shouldn't be enough, hey. Come on. I mean, what did your dad say? We've got a birthday party for you, your birthday party. We, we arranged for four uh, buns. How many friends do you have? Three, so that's okay. Listen to this. Five. So... This is just math, all right? So, so don't worry, this is not theology. 5,000 men, five loaves. Okay, don't strain yourself. One loaf has got to feed how many? 1,000. How many of the kids, do you think you can, you can break a portion of bread off and feed everybody in here? with this. But you agreed with me there's about 300 people here. Let's make it more. Let's say 350. You're not going to get very far with this. So so 1,000, how would you go? That means you've got to fill the auditorium there as well. And then say, okay, boys, you're in my group. Are you ready? Please start small. I mean, we we don't think of all these things. Because this is exactly what it looked like. Oh Lord, this is what we've got. But what did he ask? And now I've got to follow with me. He asked them, how many do you have? He did not ask them to go get something they don't have. He asked them, how many do you have? We've got five. 
Second thing you've got to do with what you've got. First of all, you've got to find out what you've got. What do I have? Jesus actually said, go look. Go look. If you forget everything this morning, this is my theme for you this morning. What do you have? If Jesus asks, what do you have? Not what, what, what you don't have or where should you go? Gather that or gather this. No, what do you have? Lord, I think we should send them away because they're hungry. Yes, you feed them. How? We don't have enough. What do you have? All right, we, we, we got five buns and two fishes. What should we do with this? Go look first what you've got. Secondly, bring what you've got. Come on. If you miss this step, there's a lot of people who are going to go hungry. If you know what you've got, bring what you've got and give it to Jesus. Lord, we only have five loaves. But we've seen that five loaves in our hands and five loaves in your hand is a different story. So we take what we've got and we bring it to him. Lord, we've got five loaves. So what happened? Jesus said, okay, listen, take all of these people, seat them in groups of 50 and 100. And then Jesus thanked the Father. He blessed the food. And then he distributed, he did a miraculous distribution. Scripture literally says, and Jesus, what did Jesus do with the bread? Now I'm going to just show it once, otherwise I'm going to clean up too much. All right. Jesus broke the bread in smaller pieces than this, otherwise he was only able to feed about one or two. I'm going to give one to Joshi, and I'm going to give one... There we go. Right. So now J.C. Lee and Josh has got each got a piece. Now remember, they brought what they've got to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He took what they brought. He broke it and did what with it? He gave it back to them. Let me ask you this. Do you think Jesus could have fed 5,000 men with their families Without multiplying bread. Do you think Jesus could have said, be filled? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you've got to be with me. Remember, Jesus said to the storm, be muzzled. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Or did he say to the disciples, just all of you row to the right side, and if you do this seven times, you're going to row to. <laughs> he could have, but he didn't. He just said, be muzzled. What did Jesus do with the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5? He just said, go. Here Jesus said, after he sent them two by two to minister, they were back with testimony with what God did through his spirit through them. Jesus said to them, now you take this bread. And he divided the bread and put it back into their hands. Please follow. I don't know what I've got. I know they are hungry. I know I don't have. Enough to feed them. God says, go look what you've got. This is what I have, only five loaves. All right, now bring it to me. Jesus breaks it, blesses it, gives it back to me. And he says, now you go feed them. So it's there in the boy's lunch 
bag, box. It's got to come to the disciples' hands. The disciples brought it to Jesus. Jesus gives it back to them and say, you go feed them. Why is this so important? You see, the thing is, there's 5,000 people walking around like sheep without a shepherd that needs to be fed, that needs to see that Jesus is the bread of life. It needs to see that you get filled not only with bread, but with Christ. As we see in John, in the account of John, just after that, Jesus teaches about him as being the bread of life. There's 5,000 people, 5,000 men, about 8,000 people in need that needs to be fed, that needs to be nurtured, that needs to know what Christ can do. But Jesus chooses not to say, be filled. Jesus chooses to say, what have you got? Bring it to me. I'll change it. I'll multiply it. I'll bless it. And I will give it back to you. And you go and you feed them. God is not asking you for what you do not have. But here's what He is asking of you. Jesus is very clear to His disciples that I want to use you. God is very clear with us today. Listen, I want to use you. The first question, what do you have? First instruction, you feed them. Lord, we can't. Question, what do you have? Lord, I don't have a lot. It's not the the amount that matters. We've got to understand firstly that God wants to use us to bring the bread of life to a needy world. You've got to understand that God chooses to use you and me. If He is the bread of life, He chooses to use you and me to bring His bread, His life, His word, Himself to those that is walking around, that's, that, that's going around life like sheep without a shepherd. Firstly, we've got to know that. Secondly, we've got to learn that God can do a lot with a little. Okay, some of you are looking at me with empty expressions. Let me share this with you. It's a lot easier to give your lot. It's a lot easier to give your abundance. It's a lot easier to give your gift than to give your ordinary. Lord, we don't have a lot. We just have lunch. Give that. It's a lot easier to say, God, I, I know I've got a gift of ski, speaking to people and with people, speaking in front of people. Would you bless me so that I can speak to people? That we see, uh, see as the extraordinary or the special or the gift I've got. But you know what? God sometimes is just saying, listen, what have you got in your cupboard? How many times do we hear one another say, listen, I, I, I'm not, I, I can't do it like that person or I can't do this or I can't do that. I haven't been blessed with this. I don't have that gift. Brother, sister, do you maybe have five loaves somewhere? Do we maybe have a barley loaf? Do you maybe have two fishes? What is your ordinary that Jesus is saying, go look? God, I don't know what I have that can make a difference. No, 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 you don't understand. It's not for you to decide what can make a difference. Just what do you have? Go look and bring what you have, what, to Him? 
Bring your ordinary, He will make it extraordinary. Bring your little and He will make it a lot. Paul understood this when Paul said, we have this treasure, this gift of God, this life, this bread of life we have in jars of clay. It's not about the jar, it's about the treasure. It's not about how many loaves you have, it's about who you bring it to. Can you imagine what God can do with the little you have? Can I give you one testimony? In a time where my sister and my brother-in-law started ministering as missionaries in uh, Argentina. They had to be supported from South Africa and so on. And you know, it's, it's, it's always a challenge as a missionary, support-wise and so on. And at one stage, they were in dire need. Now let me explain to you the need. At that stage, they just, just felt the Lord share with them, don't share it with your family because they will provide if they know. You trust me. It came to a point to one day they had only one big pumpkin. That's it. No more money to buy food. No nothing. One pumpkin. No meat. No nothing else. I would say that's... A lot of us don't know that kind of need, but that need. And then she determined, okay, she's going to make that pumpkin. Pray over it. She's got five kids, by the way. Right? So just while they were preparing the pumpkin, the Lord said to her, people across the street, about five houses, I want you to invite them to dinner. She only had a pumpkin. Makes no sense. But what she didn't know was by just being obedient, she found out when she actually went, walked across the street and invited them to dinner, she found out that they did not even have a pumpkin. So two families shared a pumpkin that night. One pumpkin. By God's grace, both families had groceries the rest of the week. Because the next morning, when my sister and her husband woke up, there was a box full of groceries in front of the door. To this day, they don't know who put it there. Now the point I'm making is this. You cannot imagine what God can do with your pumpkin. Because even if I tell, as I tell the story, you think that's wonderful, a pumpkin for a box of groceries, no. You see, that family did not know the Lord. Then, today, all of them serve the Lord. Today, that whole family has come to Christ. God can do amazing things with the little that you bring. They brought the bread to Jesus. Jesus broke it, blessed it, and made the ordinary extraordinary. Final point that I want to make about Jesus using us is this. Jesus only worked when the loaves were put into his hands in willing consecration. We are only 
goal to bring what we've got to him. Saying, Lord, here it is. And then he will work. Could Jesus have blessed the bread there where it was? Let, let me ask you a simple question. Do you think Jesus knew there was five loaves? There were five loaves. Come on, it's not difficult. Do you think he knew? Why do you then think he sent them? He said, how much do you have? How many do you have? You know why? He wanted them to know what they've got. Why do you think they didn't find 5,000 loaves? Come on. Because then they would think it's them that fed the 5,000. Why do you think Gideon had to attack the Midianites with only 300 men? And not 28,000 like he first had. Because Jesus is adamant at reminding us, I'm the one that's omnipotent, that can do the miraculous, that can feed, that can change, that can renew, but bring what you've got and put it in my hands. And I will multiply, I will bless, and I will change lives through it. Lastly, I want to leave this with you. It's needless to say if we read Scripture here, how do you think that bread tasted? What do you think it tasted like? Let, let me ask you this. If five loaves feed 5,000 and Jesus made it do so, what do you think that bread tasted like? Ooh, man, imagine, who baked this? Who made this? Jesus. He sees a beautiful, beautiful little phrase here that says, they all ate and they were, they were what? Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. They all ate and they were satisfied. Let me share lastly with you. Please don't forget this. Whatever you give that is only from you will satisfy only temporarily. Whatever you give will be nice, but it won't be divine. They were fully satisfied. Let me share this with you. If God addresses a need, those that were needy would be fully satisfied. 5,000. Do you want some more? I've got another piece here. No, thank you. But weren't you hungry? Yes, I was. Where did you get bread? No, they handed it to me. Hey. Do you have enough? Yes. So I can't do any more. Sorry, man. Sorry. You can pass it, pass it to him. No, I don't want any more. I've had enough. And they picked up 12 basketfuls. And everybody was satisfied. They were full. When Jesus does the extraordinary with the ordinary, he satisfies 
the needs fully. I want to ask you this morning. What is your ordinary? I want to ask you this morning. When last did we see the need around us and had compassion, the compassion of Christ in us because they are sheep without a shepherd? When last did you pause a little bit and ask him, Lord, what is in my cupboard? What is in my life? What is in my hands? Just the ordinary that I can give. It might sometimes just be a phone call, ordinary phone call that can change a marriage. It might sometimes just be a simple hello that can change a life. Can I give you one more testimony? A lot of you know my parents-in-law were with us for three months, now the last little bit. And there's one particular coffee shop that we love. Now I must be honest, my father-in-law is not a shy person. And the way that you're laughing, I know that you know. So every day we would get to this coffee shop and there would be a row behind us. But he wouldn't care. The first day we took them to this coffee shop. I'm not going to say where it is because uh, you, you guys will know. I don't want to, uh, to make either the lady feel awkward or yourself feel awkward when you, when you get there again. But the first time he came there, he saw that this lady had need. And he literally just started greeting her and asked her, what can I pray for you? Started talking to her. Started addressing that need. Started joking with her. And you were, that first morning already, she came out from behind the counter after the whole queue was dealt with and had their coffees and so on. And she came and stood next to him and she shared a struggle. And we had the opportunity to minister to her and he prayed for her and he blessed her. Every time we arrived at that coffee shop, we would even just walk past and she would greet us. And they came in every time she would make time. She wouldn't care about the queue. She would make time telling, telling him where it is, what is happening and what's going on. Sharing with him while she's standing behind the coffee machine. The last time we were there, just before the morning, they flew out. She walked around the counter. She stood with us. And with tears in her eyes, she said to me, Lisa, can't we keep them here? She said, I want to keep these two here. In three months, they touched her life. He ministered to her spirit. Not because of what he did not have. But because a, a very extroverted character just decided, Lord, I'll give you my ordinary. You do with my ordinary what you can. I cannot tell you how many times, even after, we now have a problem. She keeps telling us everything that's happening to her. So we've got to keep ministering to her and loving her, and it's such a beautiful privilege. My question to you is, what is your ordinary? 
What is in your hands? I want to help you by instructing you as Jesus instructed them. Would you take your ordinary? Would you take your bread and your fish and would you bring it and just put it in his hands? You'll be amazed at how many of the needs you know can be met when Jesus changes your ordinary, breaks the bread and the fish and hands it back where? Hands it back to you. Oh Lord, please bless the people out there. Okay, you go. Lord, the people out there are hungry. Okay, you feed them. Lord, the people out there are broken. Okay, you go minister to them. Lord, I only have this. Okay, give it to me. There you go. Go feed them. Brothers and sisters, hear me say this morning. It is amazing what God can do with the little that you have. Ask the only boy in 8,000 people that actually remember to bring lunch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that in this morning we know, Lord, that it's not, it's not the amount of bread we have. It is not even how extraordinary it is that we can do anything. It is just us bringing the bread and the loaves we have, putting it in your hands. So we pray this morning that you will remind us that in your hands, even five loaves and two fishes feeds a lot. I pray, Lord, that this morning you remind us that you have called us to be your co-workers, to be your disciples, to take what we have given to you and you have blessed and returned in us to take that and do what you sent us out to do. We pray this in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.